Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. Now, as some of you may know, we have recently republished our book on uniqueability. It's called Uniqueability 2.0 Discovery. And it's really got me thinking about talent. It's got me thinking about strengths. And it's got me thinking about how most organizations are structured as compared to how what I would call a uniqueability team or some that I consider the most successful. So what I'm going to talk about today is that uniqueability trumps status. And again, this is really a differentiator between, I would call them uniqueability organizations versus conventionally successful organizations or teams. So what do I mean by uniqueability trumps status? Well, what I've noticed is, and let me start with the status pursuit here, when people pursue status, a couple of things can happen. Number one is they can get it. So say that you want a particular title, you want a particular job, you want a particular corner office, perhaps you want a particular salary, you want recognition for something. Now, the pursuit of that will probably have you learn things, you'll expand your skills, you'll get great connections, lots of great byproducts from that. However, sometimes when you get there, it can feel really empty and you can be unfulfilled. And talking with people outside of our organization at Strategic Coach and talking to my friends' friends, What I've noticed is that because they are so focused on the extrinsic rewards of what they're doing, they feel kind of empty, a little bit hollow. And I've noticed that when they go for these status positions or titles that they're not happy. They tend to complain a lot. They tend to move positions a lot. They tend to wonder what they're doing wrong. And I think there's quite a few people in this particular bucket in the world. I see a lot of articles written about this in Inc. Magazine or Forbes, just about where the workforce actually is. And I keep thinking, oh, I just wish people would focus more on what they love to do and what they're best at and what their true talents are and how those can contribute. Let's just contrast that to a moment for unique ability. When you're focused on your unique ability, you actually know what your talents are, what your strengths are, and you look for how you can create value by doing those things. So if I think about me, I love talking to people. I love strategy, like nobody's business. And I love teams. I love maximizing how people work well together. So doing what I'm doing now, one of my most fun things, in case you were wondering, and helping to facilitate teams is really what I love to do. Now, I also know, however, that there's a certain audience for what I'm talking about, and it's not in the corporate world. Now, this is not a conversation that most people want to have. But certainly within the entrepreneurial team world, it makes a ton of sense because this is a strategy that gives you a massive, huge advantage in the marketplace. If everyone around you is not only really, really good at what they do, but they also have a passion for it, then you've just harnessed this incredible fuel source that's not available to most people. And what I've noticed for team members who really focus on their unique ability and how they can use it to create value, they look for, how can I solve this problem? What can I bring to the table? How can I work well with others? What kind of an organization can really value and appreciate my talents and how can I help it grow? Is that the people who have that mindset actually get all the status they could ever want, which is kind of profound. So that's why unique ability trumps status. I've realized that status is actually a byproduct. It's not the thing to pursue. If you pursue it, mm, I'm not going to say you're not going to be successful. You might have the title. You might have the job description. You might have the financial rewards. But are you happy? Are you going to go sell everything and move to a farm somewhere and become an organic farmer? Which is great if that's your passion. But if it's a byproduct of not being happy, hmm, I'd prefer to have a longer conversation about that. Now, 
There are some very good reasons why people do pursue status as opposed to unique ability. And a lot of that has to do with how companies are structured and what they value and what they validate. So from a leadership perspective, so if you're a leader or an owner or someone designing your firm, your company, you want to make sure that you are not creating this mindset yourself. So you might want to attract the very best talent. You know, if I talk to most people and say, hey, do you want to have a really talented, really engaged team? They're going to go, of course. Like, Why are you even asking me that silly question? But then they have impediments to actually creating that. They have impediments to actually making that real. And those impediments are titles, standard titles. I'm passionate about unique ability titles, and I am passionate about really disliking standard titles. <laughs> we can have a longer conversation about that, too. So they have certain titles or certain hoops you have to go through to get to a certain place. So what happens is everyone ends up funneling to this particular point in the organization at the very top, usually for which there are very few positions, and they get there. But in the meantime, you've missed out on this great person who could do this for you over there. Why? Because you said this title was attractive, this one was appealing, this one gets paid the most, and therefore everyone goes for that one particular position. And I coached a team, goodness, it's been years now. I went in and I actually did a whole unique ability conversation. This is at least 15 years ago. I was really struck by what happened because every single person on that entire communications team, they were in public relations, wanted to be an account manager. That was the epitome of what everyone wanted to do. That's what had the status. It's also why people like to get into marketing, I've discovered, because marketing apparently is sexy. It's also a lot of hard work <laughs> if you've actually done it. But in this company, they wanted to be account managers. Now, some people had the right talents for it, and frankly, some did not. And how did I know this? Well, we'd gone in and done Colby with them. We'd done some other assessments. And we had some people whose talents were desperately needed in other positions, but because those were not as attractive and didn't pay as well, it didn't have the status, people didn't want them. It was interesting because I talked to the client who'd brought me in six months later. I said, um, how's your team? Because I met with her afterwards and said, that was one of the weirdest days I've ever had. I said, I felt like I was talking about unique ability and I was enthusiastic, but everyone was politely nodding and smiling and they weren't believing it at all. And she said, well, it's interesting that you ask because more than half the team is gone. It's like, mm, I'm not totally surprised. They were not buying what I was selling or what you were selling for that matter. They wanted to go somewhere where they could be an account manager. So that mindset that I'm talking about is really key. In certain industries, it's tough to get away from that. Even if you want to break out of that mold, some people may not be buying that. That may not be what they want. So it's kind of interesting. We have to dismantle some of the older structures, I think, before we can rebuild some of the newer structures. So let me just talk a little bit more about titles. It's one of those subjects I have an opinion on. Titles that are my very, very favorites are the ones that are based on unique ability. One of the things that we've done at Strategic Coach that I really love and appreciate is that when people are specialists in a certain area, so they're really, really good at it, they have a passion for it, they create value doing that, we give them that title. Julia Waller is the unique ability specialist. So what happens with those titles is that they get status, they get recognition, there's compensation for it, but they don't have to manage a team if that's not what they're good at. I'm not good at that. For example, my title is entrepreneurial teamwork strategist. That is what I love to do. It's what I'm most passionate about. It is a great label and title for my unique ability. And I have one person who actually manages me, not the other way around. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by teamwork, but it's all very collaborative and very cooperative. 
I'm a great leader, not such a great manager. So finding a title that actually fits, empowers people, it's liberating, it's fun, they can grow into it, they expand it to make something really, really useful. And it's powerful as opposed to one of those status-derived titles that I find far less productive. And I want to talk about this just for a moment with regard to owners as well, because I've had several of these conversations in the past few weeks. You may have heard me say this once before, but one of my very, very, very favorite titles in the entire universe was from the founder of Joe Boxer. Joe Boxer is the men's undergarment company, let's call it that. And he had completely the right approach to titles as far as I was concerned. And his title was Chief Underpants Officer. Yeah, I love that title. It's still my favorite. I also think the title that I've heard in articles for people on reception is Director of First Impressions. Brilliant. That's exactly what that person is accountable and responsible for. So that makes sense to me. Assistant VP of something, especially if you don't even have a VP or it's a small team, doesn't really make sense. Now, some people give me the argument, and I don't totally disagree, that sometimes you need a certain status title for the outside world. Fine. Put in your business card and then ignore it. (laughs) It's not my favorite. Going back to entrepreneur titles that I really liked, one of my clients and friend too, walking out of a workshop with him when he was desperately trying to be a great CEO, which I knew was actually not his passion, but he kind of felt like he needed to be this. And what we came up with as I walked into the elevator in a a subsequent conversation is that what he was really passionate about was designing the client experience. So I said, oh, are you the chief experience architect? He was like, yes, I am that. I had the honor of getting the very, very first business card out of his new business card box, (laughs) which was fun, out of his new box of business cards. And it said founder and chief experience architect. I love that. And I said, did that give direction to your team about what they could expect for you and from you? And he said, absolutely. It clarified a ton of confusion because he was trying to be something he wasn't. He wasn't happy. They were confused. And by just actually titling appropriately based on his unique ability, what his passion was and what he cared about and what he did anyway (laughs) was perfect. It made everything make sense. So again, I think we can have some fun with this. I think we can open it up a lot. But it all starts with really knowing what your unique talents and strengths are. So as I've said before, Colby profiles are fabulous in terms of identifying how you strive and how you solve problems. StrengthsFinder is absolutely brilliant for labeling your talents that once you make an investment into really turn into strengths. Again, you're kind of dealt these cards, and that's more from the personality side. DISC is wonderful to know whether or not you are a dominant person who loves directing and leading, whether or not you're someone who likes to influence and inspire and persuade, whether or not you're someone who is incredibly supportive and connecting with people and stabilize relationships, or if you're someone who's really cautious and conscientious, you're going to make sure that the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and stuff actually gets done and the list gets checked off. We need everybody. And when companies structure themselves to only validate the D's or the I's in DISC, for example, or in entrepreneurial companies, only the quick starts, we're failing. We're failing ourselves. We're failing our teams. We're not actually putting together the group of people who can actually help us be successful. So title of this podcast is Team Success. So I'm incredibly clear that we need an amazing diversity of talent, of capability, of personalities. I'm fairly keen on high intelligence, so I'm not sure if I'm willing to (laughs) compromise that one. But we really need this whole mix of people. I think it's important to recognize that and recognize those things that get in the way of us doing that. And old, outmoded ways of thinking or structures that are status-oriented and that drive people towards this pinnacle of status and recognition that may or may not fit them at all well. 
I think really are impediments to great teamwork and to our success. I just came back from Abundance 360, which is a phenomenal event put on by Peter Diamandis. And we talk about exponential organizations. And I am so clear that if you want to be rapidly growing multiplier 10x company, you better do it based on unique ability and have structures that allow people to really be incredibly creative, to network with one another. And status has almost nothing to do with it. Status comes from success. It's a byproduct of us creating enormous value and making a huge difference for other people. So I hope this has inspired you. I hope you can look at your organization and see what's in the way of perhaps people focusing on and contributing their unique ability, maybe dismantling some of those status structures that you have, or at least freeing people up from that a little bit. Because again, I think that when people are really freed up to focus on how they can uniquely contribute, they'll get all the status they want simply as a byproduct. Thanks very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know at questions at strategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.